I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my thoughts on money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I am Trevor Cummings, your host of the podcast and your author of the Thoughts on Money blog. I'm here with my dear colleague and good friend, Mr. Sean Latimer. Good morning. Of course, you weren't at basketball this morning, but luckily for you, this article starts out with basketball. So like we do every week, we can try to figure out how we can relate basketball to finance. We're well-rounded. We use other sports. But yeah, I, every time it starts with a sports reference or analogy, it uh, it does make me smile. So who's the greatest Knicks fan of all time? Spike Lee. Spike Lee. So we opened up with talking about Knicks fans. The last time the Knicks won the NBA championship was 1973. The biggest company in the world was General Motors. And Richard Nixon was the president of the United States of America. If you are a Knicks fan and you've been a Knicks fan for the last 40 years, high five to you. I feel for him. That's that's tough because even if they make playoff runs, they a lot of the true Knicks fans know, nah, it's not gonna, it, it won't matter this year. Don't put your faith there. Is that what it feels like to be a Chargers fan? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. When's the last time the Chargers won the? They never have. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so one thing I talked about the article is if you know a Knicks fan that is unwavering and their fanhood stays as strong when the team's good or bad, that is amazing uh, because we have a term for people that aren't like that and we call them <laughs> i was gonna make a joke because trevor's a, a chiefs fan but he is not from kansas city wait i'm not a chiefs fan you always cheer for patrick mahomes i like patrick mahomes but i'm a niners fan uh, that's true okay fair enough anyway distraction sorry uh, fair weather fans yeah uh, do you know some of them uh yeah all yeah, the time they, they they only come out when their team's doing well and when the team's doing bad you never hear anything yeah, all of a sudden, um, a team is doing well, like you said, and everybody that has a uncle, friend, or cousin from that city, all of a sudden is Bengals fans. Yep. It's really funny when you see like brand new like t-shirts or jerseys that are being worn, and you're kind of like, wait a minute, at least like true fans, you can tell they have like old you know, jerseys or t-shirts, and it, it, you can believe that they've been a fan for a long time. So if you want to trick people, and you're a Fairweather fan... Take that new T-shirt, rub it in the dirt a little bit, <laughs> uh, put some cuts in it, and make it look like it's your old T-shirt. Yeah, go to the thrift store, get it on eBay or something. Yeah, but we talk a lot about fandom, right? There's this idea that there's Fairweather fans, and then this other end of it would be, if you want to tell us about bandwagon fans. Oh, those are even worse. Those are people that don't even watch sports, but they're like, oh, we're we're all going to be Chiefs fans now. Let's go buy Patrick Mahomes jerseys. And it, they don't watch the sport. They have no idea, but they just want to pick whatever team is winning. And a few years later, they'll have a different jersey on because that team's doing well. Yeah, it is quite funny. So where we're steering this towards finance is you have to be careful. And as much as I love talking about sports, I, I think that this analogy is good. You can't be a Fairweather fan or a bandwagon fan when it comes to your investment strategy. Yeah, I was thinking about how we're going to connect this to the investments. And uh, how many times have you had someone say, like, oh, I knew this company was going to do well, or I knew it was going to happen like this. Why Why did we sell this, or why didn't we own it longer? And then you look back at the game film, and they owned like less than half a percent of their portfolio in this name. So they, they clearly didn't have that much conviction, but they're holding your feet to the fire. That why weren't we 100% invested in it or more, you know? Yeah, you have to look under the hood, and you have to see, hey, if you've always felt this, show me in your portfolio where that reflects, right? Nassim Taleb always says, I really don't care about your opinion. I would much rather just see your investments, yep. right? Because those speak louder than words. 
yeah it uh it, and he has a lot of references about having skin in the game and and it really goes to portfolio managers as well that making sure that you have aligned interest and that's one thing that we talk a lot about is uh maybe we both drink the kool-aid but we both definitely invest the way that our clients do and so uh if we're ever talking to you about a portfolio decision or or an opinion just know that we're on the same side of the table because we're investing the same way yeah we're rooting for the exact same team you know we're uh i don't want to say knicks fans because i hope we uh, (laughs) don't have 40-year droughts and, and different strategies and things like that but one of the things i referenced in the article after kind of making this connection point was this feels like way back in 2020, Mm -hmm. right? 2020 was such a unique year where if you look at a chart and you compare the five biggest companies in the S&P 500 to the other 495 companies in the S&P 500, there was gigantic disparity, right? There was uh, an incredible positive performance for those top five aggregated companies. I don't know the number off the top of my head. There was actually a negative performance for the other 495. So included in this, I put some tidbits from David Bonson that he shared in two different uh, entries of DC Today of just saying, hey, look at how concentrated performance has been this year. So if your results are looking different, it's primarily because you don't own those companies. Yeah, I I have flashbacks to uh, kind of that moment where you almost had two different polarizing opinions. You you had people that were... um, you know, overzealous about certain investments that they were caught up in that moment and they thought that stay-at-home things were were the new norm forever mm-hmm. and they wanted to be fully invested in those types of things only. Then you had the other opposite, or the opposite where they didn't want to invest in almost anything or they were selling things that, uh, like a, a, an example, and uh, I will try not to get too far off track, but I remember clearly uh, someone saying, hey, I'm helping my parents with their 401k and it's just crazy how much the world has changed now. I, I can't believe that these airline stocks are probably going to disappear and uh, and that these stay-at-home stocks are what we should be invested in. And he was contemplating selling out of his parents' 401k and buying into these stay-at-home stocks with all of it. And I just remember like, whoa, time out. Like, let's think about what you just said. People are not going to use airplanes anymore. Do you really think that's going to happen? They're only going to use stationary they're, bikes They're to never going to fly everywhere. again. Yeah, and, and, and I just remember him like, really like thinking about it i'm like let me answer for you stop it you know like 12 months from now or, or whatever the time frame is like things will return to normal and people will fly in airplanes again and you're gonna be kicking yourself and then i remember the argument hey we were talking about a certain fitness company and i said you don't think that there's any other fitness companies that could enter the market and give them competition and take market share and you can kind of see the aha like moments happen and it just reminded me that when times are that uncertain people make foolish decisions. You know, it's tough. And he's like, Sean, you don't need to fly to Rome. You don't need to fly to Paris. With this stationary bike, you can ride wow. in Rome and Paris our right le- there on your screen. Our legs will all be so strong from working out so much that we just bike everywhere. Yeah, it's perfect. exactly. So one of the charts I put in here, I borrowed it from, again, David Bonson's DC Today, was showing how gravity works, right? With If you had stellar performance in 2020, you either owned those top five companies I mentioned or you owned those stay-at-home darlings, right? We highlighted one of those. I'll I'll encourage you to go to the chart. Um, It looks like a uh, what goes up must come down. And you see that the stock price in 2018 ends up being the same stock price in 2023. Yet there was this huge spike. 
So you understand with fads, with trends, there is this level of market gravity because things have to be valued based on the profits they produce. I'm going to tell a funny story. I like it. It has like nothing to do with investments. Yes. But when you said what, what goes up must come down. So my uh, my oldest son, Mason, plays baseball. When he was younger, he would throw this. Uh, it's kind of like a bouncy ball, a little bit bigger. And he would throw it against the wall, and it would come back down, and you would catch it. Right? And he would do it every day for, like, hours. It's got to be annoying. Super annoying. But he loved it, and it entertained him, so it was worth it. And I remember he said, Dad, Dad, come look. Can you take a video of me? I'm getting so good at this. And I remember he said, Yeah. And I, I'll never forget. I have the video. I'll show you after this. He throws it up, and he's look. He's so worried about me watching. He throws it up, and he puts his glove up, misses the ball, and it nails him right in the teeth. And so your story of what goes up must come down, and it can be painful sometimes. That's what it reminded me of. No, that's a great story and uh, a great reference point of when it's painful. Exactly. So it uh, reminded me of that. So uh, the next kind of section of the article, I, I, text, I, I titled it Viva la Resistance, because you have to resist not being a Fairweather fan or a bandwagon fan. And if you believe and you have conviction about the thesis and strategy that you've developed, you're going to have to endure the 2020s, right? And one of the things I highlighted in the article, there is a company today that if I went out on the streets of Newport Beach and I asked 10 people... I'm sure that seven of them have never even heard of this company. Yet right now, it's the fifth biggest com- company in our country um, based on capitalization. It was up. It's not up this much anymore, but it was up 180%. And you have to ask yourself, how many people are having FOMO, uh, fear of missing out? And they're seeing results where the attribution of owning that one company. Uh, I literally saw a portfolio, and, and this is no criticism against this this. Uh, portfolio manager because they have a really good track record. But I looked at a portfolio this week, which 27% of the portfolio was this one company. So God bless them because they're having an amazing year. Yeah, And unfortunately, there's portfolio managers out there that recently sold that position right before the upswing. And it's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, there's a famed portfolio manager. Um, we'll just say your name, Kathy Wood, um, that uh, has built a, a pretty strong following and has taken so much criticism this week for essentially sidestepping something that's gone up 180%. And obviously, on this podcast, we're not creating an opinion of whether somebody should own it or not own it. What we're talking about is it is rare for a company that large to be up 180% in five or six months. So you have to agree with me. I'm just going to make you, if you're listening to this, that there is some sort of buzz or trend or fad happening where, and I'm going to unpack this a little bit because it doesn't affect one company, it affects a lot of companies, right? So a lot of us won't remember this, but if you go back to the late 90s, it was very advantageous for a company just to say, we've always been this name, but now we're this name plus dot com, Mm -hmm. right? That was hugely advantageous because then you got to participate in the mania. I highlighted a company, I don't even remember the name off the top of my head, but it was something like the Long Island Iced Tea Corporation. And in 2017, they changed their name to the Long Blockchain Corporation. So this company that just produces lemonade and iced tea has changed their name. Why? Because there's this buzz around blockchain. You are going to have to deal with this. 
that in 2023, there is some level of buzz around artificial intelligence and AI. So every single company that has an earnings call that relates whether they are making beverages or selling pet products, and they use that buzzword, it's going to create some flair, some interest, and you're going to have to deal with that as an investor. Well, it makes sense because as an investor, they see the success that the company you referenced has had and they go, oh, wow, okay, that's the future. What other companies are in that space or what other companies can benefit from that? And you're right, a quick Google, you're gonna find a list of them and you're gonna think, wow, I should buy these. Problem is the market is efficient. And so uh, the second that you realize that it's already been priced in and those companies have either appreciated from that news or if they're a competitor or something, they've uh, been impacted negatively from it. And if the price of the stock hasn't, or actually, let me say it a different way. If you're jumping, if if the market understands like what you said, it, all information is known, right? But then the price is still going up. What do you have to be careful of? Ooh, that might be a bubble, right? And yeah. you might need to go back to that chart that I put in here earlier of showing what happens when bubbles burst and how market gravity works, right? The, the other thing that I'll add on to there, though, is this idea that uh, it's, a, it's often accredited to Mark Twain. Who knows? Uh, a lot of quotes are. But it's this quote that says, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. So here's where I'm going to poke a little bit of fun. If you were passionate in 2017 about blockchain, and I was to ask you a question, what does that actually mean? And you're like, well, come on, Trevor, it's blockchain. It's like ledgers and, it's and, and lemonade. And yeah, nice tea. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and things are trackable and you, and you go, okay. And, and I'm, I'm doing what Sean often does with people that I think is helpful. Just continue to pull on thread. Tell me more. Tell me more. Same thing for artificial intelligence. If you're going to come to me and be passionate about artificial intelligence, I am going to pull on that thread and I want you to unpack one, what it means, what it doesn't mean. And two, how that creates profitability. Because remember, the price of a stock has the highest correlation to the actual earnings it generates and the growth of those earnings. And the good thing about asking those questions is uh, they're genuine. Right? I am not an expert on artificial intelligence. So I, if you have come across something, like educate me, tell me. But if you struggle with coming up with the words or as you're telling the story, you're realizing that's not translating into increasing the company's earnings, then it's going to be really hard to convince me that it's a good investment. Yeah. And, and, and again, I love that you said that because I want to be humble on this podcast. I am in the same place as you. This is not an area of expertise for me, this idea of artificial intelligence, right? But if you show me some sort of application or function, right, the, the question has to be, walk me through the path on how that function or that tool gets to profitability, if it doesn't, and it's just a fun magic trick, then it's not yet an investment. And you do have to have you know empathy for investors because when something new and exciting happens, and if they've missed out on an investment before they feel like they have, they, they almost look at it like, oh, this is it. This is that moment where I'm going to get ahead of this, or I, I don't want to feel like missing out again. But unfortunately, it can force you to uh, chase or, or, you know, like we talked a lot about, you know, go towards shiny objects. I love that you said that because that's the sort of empathy as an advisor you do need because I'm an advisor. I think about this stuff. I study this. I give the, I give advice every day and I would love a lot of ticket investment. 
I would love to be I would love to buy the investment we're talking about right now ten years ago mm-hmm. when I look on a chart and it's up I don't know eighteen hundred percent or something like that. So I'm with you. If you're listening, you're like, hey, I want a lot of ticket investment. I do too, but it takes me to another part of the article. Uh, you and I as we talked about at the beginning of this podcast. We play basketball, and um, you know, even though I'm 38 years young and I'm five foot seven and probably have no business playing pickup basketball, I love it. And uh, you know, I, I don't have a lot of hobbies. We, we've talked about this, so. I'm a driven person. I want to get better at basketball. Does that matter? Well, no, because I'm never going to play at a competitive level. It's just for fun, but it is enjoyable to get better. And one thing that Sean and I have talked about lately is as you play a lot, right, naturally you will just get better from playing a lot, right? Your your shots will drop a little bit more and things like that. But there's also this idea of basketball maturity, right? And Sean and I have talked about this, about this idea of shot selection. And sometimes... Because when you're playing, what's happening? You're sweating, your adrenaline spiking, your emotions are flaring, you're behind a few points, you want to get lucky. Sometimes you start taking shots you shouldn't take. And I have to, and Sean heard me saying it out loud the other day when we were playing, I have to remind myself out loud, say open shots are much easier, right? Because statistically, an uncontested open shot has a higher probability of going down. Yeah, I was laughing because that game, I thought he was telling it to me. And I was like, I was open. <laughs> and we kind of laughed at each other. But uh, no, it, it is a good reminder because you even know exactly right after you shoot it too. And we're still talking about basketball, but you could probably say the same thing about investments. You know, right after you shoot it, ah, probably shouldn't have shot that. You're forcing it. Too far away. Someone was right in my face. You're forcing it. Didn't feel comfortable at all. It's kind of the same thing in an investment. If you have that weird feeling in your stomach that it felt like more of a gamble or if you were playing blackjack or something like that it's not a good feeling yeah i i don't have much experience with blackjack but i would imagine it's similar that maybe somebody the whole night has been making 100 bets yep. and then they lose four times in a row and they're like i'm gonna make a 400 bet right yep. just because I, I want to to get back there's been times where sean and i've been playing on the court together and we were you know game point ahead of a team we shouldn't be ahead of and I threw up just a crazy shot, and I was like, I don't think we had any chance to win, so I just wanted to see if I could get lucky because it'll happen sometimes. And that, that's what I wanted to reference is with – and I'll, I'll take the greatest shooter of all time, uh, and it's not even a debate. It's Steph Curry. Like, it doesn't matter. He is the greatest shooter of all time. And I, I don't know the stat off my head exactly, but if you look, I think, this prior year, they measure um, if a defender is within two to four feet – or defenders within four to six feet, and what percentage he shoots at, right? So we're talking about like a two-foot difference, but that's contested versus uncontested, Mm -hmm. essentially. I think the difference in his shooting percentage is like 8 to 10%. So you get another 10% probability in your favor when you only shoot the ball when you have that extra two feet of distance between you and the defender, that is real and that makes a difference in investing so that's why i'm encouraging our investors to say hey what is your strategy what is your thesis and how do you make sure that when things are down and out you don't try to pivot towards a fad or try to get lucky yeah and the same goes for uh if you have investments that haven't fared well during a year it that the idea of, uh, well, I'm going to sell these losers and go buy the winners is the exact opposite thing you should be doing in that time, which is hard to hear because 
it, it's hard to hear, hey, you just need to be patient and take your lumps and it'll work out. No, no one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear it. And that's why studying market history is nice because when you're in the moment, we have no idea. We have absolutely no idea what the second half of 2023 looks like, right? We might have some investors today and have had these conversations. Maybe they're flat on the air, slightly negative or, or, or what it might be. And they're like, oh, 2023 was a tough year. And I'm like, wait a tick. 2023, you can't use the word was. There's six months left. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it could be a whole different story in, in the back half, right? Uh, sticking with the theme of basketball, we've seen teams up 17 points with two minutes left, and that team loses, right? It, you have to play till the buzzer goes. And I'll end with this reference I made to Warren Buffett. Uh, he was a student of the famous professor and investor, Benjamin Graham, and they adopted early in Warren Buffett's investing uh, career this idea of cigarette, no, cigar butt investing. Have you heard that term before? Mm-mm. Oh, so, well, I can, it makes sense, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he was just saying cigar butt investing, and, and, and this is how Graham described it. Like, if you're walking down the street, this is disgusting, yeah. right? <laughs> and you found like a little cigar butt, you could light that up and take a few puffs and it would be for free, right? So you could find something discarded, unloved, and extract a little bit of value out of it. So Warren Buffett did this. They would find companies uh, where you know their underlying assets were worth more than the, the total stock was selling for. So like, hey, if it goes out of business, they get to all the assets. It's, it's a positive. There's a, there's a margin of safety there. But at, at some point, Warren Buffett changed his um, style of investing, and I'll, I'll read this quote directly where he says, it is far better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price than a fair company at a wonderful price. So for me, that's that basketball maturity, right? Warren Buffett learned how important shot selection is, and he learned, man, I don't want to go around trying to find disgusting cigar butts, I'd rather find wonderful companies that I'm willing to own forever and find them at a reasonable price, right? Wonderful companies at a reasonable price. So again, we take you back to the same place. What is your investment strategy? If you can't describe it, that's probably a good place to start. Then once you've defined your strategy, Remember, ask yourself, are you going to stick with this strategy through the thick and through the thin? Yeah, and remember, investors, that uh, if you're measuring it every four weeks or every six weeks or every 12 weeks, um, it can be a very frustrating process. And like Trevor said, there's still six months left in the year. And if you look at your account on a weekly basis and get upset, and then the markets uh, turn one direction or another, and the end of the year, it finishes better than you expected, you're going to feel pretty silly that you wasted all that time being upset along the way. So just know that if you're invested in stocks, you need to be patient and expect a a long time period. Yeah, expectations are key. Uh, Anchor to reality and what history has shown us. And I'll end quoting myself. This was the last sentence in the article. And it says, these are your hard-earned dollars, your precious nest egg, your financial future. So... Treat them with care, respect, and caution. We will ask that you rate the podcast five stars or preferred. You can leave any comments. Easy way to get a hold of Sean or Trevor is to email this email, which is very easy to remember, tom at thebonsagroup.com, T-O-M at thebonsagroup.com. And we will be back next week with more of our Thoughts on Money. money.
Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.